0: Good morning, good evening, and thanks for joining. Matthew Grant here. And with all the sophisticated models, data and tools available to insurers, it is as important as ever to know where something is. Managing aggregation is vital for successful underwriting, and we're going to be seeing a lot more about platforms that bring together different data sources in the near future. Now, Jacqueline LeGrant had a problem, so she built a company to fix it. Jacqueline, great to talk to you. Every time I talk to you, you've either come back from somewhere really exotic and interesting or you're going off somewhere. So I'm guessing, even though you're based in New York right as we talk, that you've got something pretty interesting coming up. So what's next for you?
1: Yes, actually, I am heading to Mumbai tonight and I'm super excited about that. We have 12 people there, great engineers. We work every day together together. And we have met in person only two people so far.
0: I know it's a long journey from New York, but I'm sure it'll be worth it when you get there. Well, let's, let's kick off with a little bit about MapDix and then we can dig into a bit more detail. So you were founded back in 2016 and you're providing a geospatial visualization tool for property risk exposure management. I've actually had the pleasure of seeing that in action. Talk a bit more about that in a minute. And you're... Clients range from risk managers, brokers, insurers, and reinsurers, and they're using the software to do a whole range of different things, mapping portfolios against catastrophe zones, tracking accumulations of risk, creating risk analytics reports, monitoring weather events, and also looking at estimating losses. And you provide a platform and you access a whole range of different data to go into that. But anything important in there that I've missed that we should know about up front?
1: I think you covered it all. And uh, by the way, MAPTIC stands for Mapping and Analytics. It's how we name the product because, as you said, it's a geospatial solution to visualize and analyze property risk exposure, track accumulation, and monitor severe weather events in real time.
0: This is great. That's what it says on the tin, as they say. So you yourself personally, before you you founded the company in, in 2016, you were in a variety of roles, one of which was you were part of BrokersLink. But what was it that made you sort of move out of maybe more traditional or conventional employment and start a business yourself?
1: It was at the time I was a broker in the US and I have been placing a lot of very complex property risk for global clients. And it's how I started to see the pain to really assess properly, cat exposure on large portfolio and look at accumulations and with one of a client I were working with, we were thinking about how great it could be to have a geospatial tool to really visualize accumulations and footprints. So the idea of Maptics came along, and we started to build the software with co-founder who comes from the tech industry. And after a few years running the, the business and starting to get clients, and actually we built Maptics for the first client, I saw the opportunity coming, the good timing for the tool because of the acceleration of natural disaster and the explosion of external data coming to the market. So I decided that maybe I take a new journey because I always loved technology and I will use the network I built as a broker to, one, develop further the product, and two, build the business.
0: You fall into that category of people who've built businesses and often the most successful ones because you yourself came across a problem. You couldn't find a solution for it. Even better in your case, you had a client that had the same problem and you just said, right, I'm going to go and build a business around it. And you've grown the business and you're knowing what the problem is and and build clients. And, and can you talk about who that first client was that kind of got you to make that leap into the new world of building a business?
1: It was MacAndrew and Forbes, and they own a number of companies, which means they have a big property portfolio across the world. And soon after, we signed with AXA in the US, and they were using Maptix to one track their accumulations in the U.S. to buy reinsurance for cats, and two, to project losses in real time during the tropical storm season. And when you talk about timing, to have a good solution is important. It's a given. To solve a problem is equally important. But the most important is to solve a problem that needs to be solved now. And now you have the timing, which is good.
0: Yeah, no, that's really good advice. I mean, it, the timing is the problem. It's also the technology is available, as you've alluded to. What are the problems you're trying to solve for the insurance industry with, with the tools you built with MapTex?
1: Because of this acceleration of natural disaster and the explosion of data that is now available, the insurers need to consolidate complex data sets for their risk selection and pricing. They are challenged to do so because they have legacy system that cannot process efficiently high volume of data in multiple formats. We can combine our clients' property portfolio data with a la carte external data, like risk map or real-time events coming from governmental agencies or third-party specialized providers and for any type of peril, like flood, earthquake, wildfires, and more.
0: And I think that's part of your timing bit as well, and is the availability of third-party data and connectivity through API. So you've got that challenge of accumulation management, which is, of course, at the heart of good insurance practice and understanding your, your accumulations, particularly for sort of catastrophic risk and risk that's constrained by geography and, and nature. Now, I've had the benefit, as I mentioned, of seeing a demo, but most of the people listening to this are off doing something else whilst they listen to us talking. So your challenge, Jacqueline, is to describe what somebody would see if they were seeing a demo and you've got no slides and you've got no demo to do it. So so how can you create that image of somebody of what they'd see if they saw a MapTix demo?
1: Sure. So I think our users are landing in a very familiar environment because the living room of Maptics and, and the only room of Maptics is Google Map because the last layer that we use is the Google Map for the visualization part. And to that respect, we built Maptics as a very modern application, meaning a flat application where you can do everything from one screen. There is no workflow. You have this map of the world and you have a menu bar with all the geospatial and analytics feature. And then you have an overlay section where you can bring actually risk maps and point of interest like nuclear plant or Cveso site and other things. And you can switch at any time from this map of the world view to a table view that will be in fact like your initial spreadsheet with your own templates, data, et cetera, augmented with all the external data you have chosen to access to from Maptics, from our a la carte menu. So what is important is that we worked with a focus all the time to be very intuitive, to have a good performance so things go fast, because users of the twenty first century don't want user manual, don't want tutorial, and want to have good speed.
0: Can you talk a little bit though about the granularity and the resolution of what people are looking at? Because from an insurance point of view, people are interested in both in what's happening at the at the doorway of one policyholder's property all the way through to what's the, the total exposure for a hurricane making landfall on the East Coast to the U.S.? How do you handle that as sort a of variation in resolution within text?
1: So you can start by looking, like you said, to a very specific property just because you have, uh, it's a big industrial location, you have some heavy values or whatever the reason is. So you can just deep dive through the Google map. You can use the little yellow Google guy so you can get the street view if you want. And then... Once you click on that marker, you will open a location profile with MapTics. That is a concatenation of the portfolio data coming from the client, what we call the internal data. And by the way, we don't impose any template or any taxonomy, so it's really whatever each account wants to integrate into MapTics. And then we match all the external data that this client has chosen to get through MAPTICS to each location. So you can have uh, the FEMA data and uh, you can have uh, the climate change, if you choose our climate change module, and you can have the national risk index and you can have any external data that you have chosen to access to. Then we can even give you the closest fire station and airports and what have you. So some of our clients, before they underwrite, they will type the address and then there is a button that will show see info and there is no internal data because it's not a location from their portfolio as of yet, but they will have all the external data for this specific address, for any address in the world. Now, at the portfolio level, you can work at one portfolio or multiple portfolios at a time. Depends if you are looking to underwrite the specific portfolio or look at a series of portfolio combined because you are buying reinsurance and you want to look at accumulations across portfolios or you want to make sure that you are still in your reinsurance treaties perimeter. And on the top of that, you can build at any time dynamic risk analytics. On the fly, and you can also monitor severe weather events. We work with weather data aggregator, which bring the data every four to six hours into MapTICs. And you can set your own alerts and have emails and know what's happening for earthquake, wildfire, whatever you have chosen to get a notification for. So you can combine the feature. Then they can find a number of ways to use the tool depends on the outcome they're looking at.
0: So Jacqueline, you mentioned a lot there. No surprise because you're doing a lot with Maptics. So for the person listening out on their bike or their run or all the things they do whilst they listen to us, the great news is they can go and find what we're doing in the reports we've done with you and some of the articles. So we will put a link to those in the episode notes. Now, how do you decide and find the data partners you want to work with from all the different choices that are out there?
1: So first of all, we are not a data provider. We are a location intelligence data aggregator, combined with geospatial analytics feature, and we are data agnostic. I don't have an opinion on the data because our clients usually do, but I do have an opinion on the quality of the data delivery and the reliability of the APIs. And what we do is we always enter in a testing period for us to test how we can ingest the data in the best way, either via API or via our geo-server, so that we can give a good rendering of the data. When a client mentions some source, we look at it, of course, in priority because it means it's of interest for our audience.
0: That's actually really, really interesting. Can you talk about some of the companies, I know you're agnostic in terms of the use of the data, but the companies that you've already brought onto the platform and and therefore by implication have actually got good enough, anyway, APIs and connectivity for you to bring them in and and them to be integrated with your clients' workflows.
1: So we started with the free data to start populate our tools. So we started with the FEMA, Data set, and also because we have we started with clients in the United States. And then USGS, NOAA, then we started with third party providers such as Precisely, Anchorpoint, and Iris Weather, which is a provider of real time data. Every time we work with a new provider, it's work for us huh? because we have to work on a good representation of the data. And to give you an example, for real time, we started with another provider that was very well known on the market. And unfortunately, as it happens, their APIs were not reliable. So although we did a lot of work to integrate the data, we had to make a business decision to switch to another provider. And now we are very happy with Iris Weather and also Open Weather Maps. So... It's very important for us that we can get reliable source to ingest the data.
0: And then climate change is an area I know you're looking at. I mean, climate change, we can talk about climate variability in the next 12 months, which is one way of thinking about it for insurers. And of course, there's also the long-term impacts of, of climate change. How are you helping people assess either or both of those areas?
1: So we wanted to offer our clients the ability to run their own a climate change scenario the way they want to assess the impact on either their current portfolio or future investment. So what we did is we design our own model to bring all the data that we can get from IPCC on all the pathways and for temperature precipitation snowfall sea level rise population density and we can bring that for either a list of addresses of coordinates or for any address actually around the world we can give a full scoring and then they can pick and choose which scenario they prefer if they want mid term long term etc so we give all the information and then they can pick and choose what they want at this moment in time and build a full report.
0: I can see that's going to get more and more popular. And then you talked about the work you're doing with the data, but can you also enable your clients to upload their own data, either data that they have in their own systems if they're an insurer or third-party data they want to be able to put through MapTix?
1: Sure, that's a very good point. So there are two ways. One way is that their statement of value, their Excel or CSV document is already augmented with some external data they have acquired from different providers. So then it will be part of the data they bring into Maptics and they can play with it. And then sometimes insurers have their own risk map they have developed along the years. So whatever could be a GeoJSON file, shapefile, even what we call a raster file, which are basically images like JPEG. We know how to integrate that in a vectorized way in a given account environment. So we have different ways to integrate different type of data for each account.
0: Just a slightly different question, but kind of going back to the origins of the company and, and how you built it. So you talked about your own experience out there as a, a broker, but you've built a technology company. I know your co-founder, who you know very well, has got a technology background. You're off to Mumbai to meet some of your team. But how did you address that challenge? You had the idea. You knew there's a need out there, but that's still a long way to go to actually build a product that works.
1: Everybody can have ideas. The most important is, the, is taking the idea. So we started uh, with five engineers here in the U.S., and... They built the first iteration of the software. And then we transitioned to a team in Cluj, in Romania. Cluj is deemed to be the Silicon Valley of Europe. And we did that, can sound awkward, but to have a steady team and to avoid volatility. Because as it happened, the very talented engineers in the U.S. are highly demand and they were even more so when we started and it was becoming a bit volatile and dangerous for us. So that's how we did the first transition and we got fabulous engineers. They did a terrific work to develop very complex additional features to MapTix and document better the solution. And then because we were in the production phase, which we now we have clients, we need to have something very robust. So we transitioned again into India in a company we know, co-founder knows, for many years. And here we have a real production team. We have, for example, we have implemented a year ago automation testing. So every day there are hundreds of tests performed to make sure everything is working well. And also these people love to work for Maptics because it's a very complex software. And engineers prefer to work on a complex tool. It's more rewarding for them than an accounting platform, for example. So it's how we get a very steady team because people love that kind of uh, software. It's not every day that you can work on a geospatial software.
0: And talking about complex, you had a a great quote or a great observation when we were talking before uh, that you found that the way to build technology successfully is you kind of emphasize the simplicity up front, that actually requires more complexity at the back. But can you just talk a bit about that a little bit more? Because it sounds a really it sounds a really simple, but I know there's a lot of a lot of complexity even in with that concept itself.
1: Yeah, you're right. It uh, could be very counterintuitive. In general, what people don't realize is the more simple a tool is on the front end. The more intuitive it is, the more complex it is on the back end, because it means that really the you don't need a power user on the front, which means you need to have a very powerful on the back end. In general, when you buy technology, there are different uh, priority. You may want that it is intuitive, that it goes fast, that it is cheap. You cannot have it all, okay? So you have to to make trade-off. It cannot be simple, fast, and cheap.
0: Unless you're designing for the masses. I mean, that's the difference. If you're designing for an iPhone and you've got millions of users, it's very different than designing a a product for commercial use when you, you, know, you can't use it in the hundreds or the thousands.
1: Although I think that today B2B has to be as intuitive as B2C. We've
0: talked about your initial client, but again, you mentioned Axler as an insurance company. Any any other companies you're working with you can you can talk about, Jacqueline?
1: So we work with in a nutshell three types of clients today. We started with the risk management world and we have today a number of large companies as clients in Europe, in Asia. We signed our first client in Asia, in the in the US. So basically, these risk managers are using Maptics to improve their property risk management and prevention investment as well. And because the property market is hardening a lot these past years and months, they really want to get better control and better leverage in their negotiations with insurers. Today, they have more retention. They use their captives more So we see a lot of uh, push in the risk management, and especially now with the climate change features. We have insurers, reinsurers. The use is a bit different. It's more to look at accumulations and risk exposure for underwriting, reinsurance strategy, and also for event response. And then for brokers, that is an increasing uh, demand for us that we did not expect before. It's a way to improve the client servicing with a modern technology. So in the US, we have started a partnership with Epic, for example, which is a sizable uh, brokerage. And it's very interesting for us to work with them. In terms of uh, underwriting platform, we have integrated Maptix into Edbroking broking, Threaded platform. We did that a few years ago, and it's an interesting partnership as well. And in the risk management, we have now about 10 clients from a huge electronic company, electricity, electronic, solar panel, etc. in France called Sonnepar. It's like a 32 billion euro revenue company and they have about 10,000 locations around the world. So we have this type of uh, clients and we are usually in frequent conversation because a lot of things we do are coming from our clients' feedbacks.
0: And then you've also built out a strong advisor network. How did you encourage them to become advisors and how do they help you in what you're doing?
1: Yeah, so we have uh, welcomed uh, Dawn Miller, who is a commercial director on the Lloyds, and Steven, CEO of Inverry, and in the US, Mark Redding, who is a partner at Strategy Meets Action. She's a resource pro company. So these people have actually followed the building and the making of Maptix over the past years. And I'm so thrilled to have them now officially on the advisory board. All together, they bring tremendous expertise, both in technology, in the insurance world, and in the property underwriting world, if I could say. And they all believe in Maptix, and they all believe... That technology will be, is and will be a great enabler in the insurance industry. So they give us great insights on our product and our business strategy.
0: What are you looking at to do next in the next uh, next 12 months with maptics
1: So basically, we have two areas where we are investing now. The first one is to increase our client base. And for that, we will also boost our sales and customer success team, both in Europe and in the U.S. Around the product, we looking at integrate more external data, and especially for floods and wildfires as high priorities, as well as for building data. We are looking at some interesting building data, especially replacement cost, which is high in demand because of the inflation in general and the augmentation of the construction costs around the world. And the fact that most of the time, the value, the building value provided by insurance is not accurate. Then we also work on post-event satellite images for another use of matics, which is to project losses after tropical storms, wildfires, and heavy disasters in general. It's really a matter of internal organization and really beef up the product with more offering in our external data à la carte uh, strategy.
0: As a member of Insta, you get access to our Atlas database, which has got, uh, I think we're now close to a thousand companies in there, many of which are in the area you just mentioned, including rebuild cost. Uh, so if you haven't already taken a look at that, definitely worth a look. And of course, we can run a specific report for you. And then as on that membership one, Jacqueline, we were delighted to have you as a member in an early stage company. You know, we know ourselves, every pound or dollar you spend is thought of very carefully. What was it about what we've been doing and hopefully still doing for you that led you to decide to uh, to join us?
1: When I realized that your members were in our world, meaning a lot of technology company, a traditional and in short, like, uh, like us. And I saw that you had a lot of data provider, very interesting technologies. I thought first we have to be there. And second, it will be a great opportunity for us to get to know better these different companies that could be very interesting partners for us. How are we doing? So far, so good.
0: Good, we'll keep paying attention. And the final question is, for anybody that wants to learn more about Maptix and hopefully get a chance to see the demo we had a look at, what's the best way to contact you or any of your colleagues?
1: So we are small and lean and very accessible, just like our platform. So just don't hesitate to reach out to me via LinkedIn or write an email, jacqueline.legrandatmaptix.com. And I will be at RIMS in Atlanta. At the end of the month, happy to meet with you. And in general, I am traveling quite a bit into London, Paris, and a few in events.
0: Yeah, if there's a, an event worth going to. You will you will be there. We'll put a link in the episode notes as well, and people can also find you on LinkedIn. No, Jacqueline, it's been fantastic talking to you and, and learning a little bit more about what you're doing at MapTix. I'm really impressed by what you've done. The small team and yeah, quite a challenge that you know, many years has not been possible. I know you've got a flight to catch to India later on this evening and you haven't had lunch yet. So I won't hold you up much more other than say thank you very much for joining us and uh, look forward to seeing you face to face either in New York in a few weeks or back here in London or maybe, who knows, somewhere somewhere else.
1: Thank you very much for the the kind words, the support and uh the visibility you are giving to us. It's awesome.
0: Well, you can find out more about MapTix and all the companies we know around the world at www.instec.co. If you're enjoying the Instec podcast, we'd very much appreciate a rating and a comment on your podcast channel. You can find out on my LinkedIn profile how to do that. And please do tell us what you think. Matthew Grant on LinkedIn or any of us, hello at instec.co.